Welcome to the Goal Circle, Australia's number one Apple podcast. I'm your host, Nick Leaker, and with me, as always, is Luke Tom. I won. Yeah, come on. I won. Yeah, right. I won. I picked it. I won. <sighs> I love it. Are you done? No. Okay. I, I don't think I'll be done for a while. No, you won't. Because I came here and I didn't say a word to you because I wanted to wait until I know. we were filming. I knew that it was just, just like, like... Oh, 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 England's going to win. England didn't win. Uh, yeah, okay. Well, New Zealand for, won, and I said that they were going to win. I think Gusketh going down actually kind of hindered their hopes. Oh, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> not not going to get into sure. it. Sure. Not going to not too cut up about sure. it. Sure. So, you know, it's fun. It's like, it's okay. Uh, but you're here to discuss the results of the 2019 Netball World Cup. Um, mm. We're not going to do a super deep dive, but we're going to do is we're going to cover the semis a bit yep. briefly. And then obviously England and South Africa's bronze medal match. Yes, ma'am. And then mostly deep dive into the actual grand final itself, which resulted in a one-point win by the New Zealand Silver Ferns. So. And Luke winning. And Luke winning. Um, <laughs> for the next four years. Yeah. Yeah, right. Jesus. Every, at least once a month, I think I'm going to just, oh, remember that, remember that 2019 World Cup that I said New Zealand were going to win months before the World Cup started and they won? (laughs) What we can do is I can delete the episode. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I didn't think of that, All proof, yeah, yeah, all the proof gone. Um, Mm. But yeah, we'll start with the with the semi-finals. Let's start with Australia yes. defeating South Africa fifty-five to fifty-three. Lord, yeah, this was a terrific game. This wow. was an excellent game. Um, Australia played extremely well in the first two quarters, and then South Africa sort of just brought it home in the last two. I would love to be in the South African locker room at halftime because yeah. I feel like Norma Plummer just sprayed the walls yeah. with anger. Yeah, <laughs> like get your shit. Together. Yeah, I feel like I wouldn't even feel like it was screaming. I feel like Plum Dog would be just she just. Low-key sniping people. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. Because she has that sort of just like... I don't even know. Her demeanor is... Like, she scares the living shit out of me. And I'm just <laughs> like... she Like, I imagine she would just walk into the locker room and just look at everyone. And then just walk out. Yeah, and the, like some... <laughs> some like Benchy yeah. that hasn't actually played the game and just start crying yeah. and like run out. Yeah. yeah. And Norma's just like, exactly. Norma is not happy. <laughs> um, but yeah, this was a really good game. Uh, Caitlin Thwaite shot 100% 30 from 30. Um, Gretel Tippett again, 100% yep. as well, 23 from 23. Um, Holthausen kind of struggled. She really did. I, f- I find Holthausen had a really solid campaign, but then when it came to the sort of bigger game, she really did struggle, especially in the bronze medal match. Mm. But I think in Australia defended her quite well. She shot actually pretty decently, 87%. I thought she picked it up from when they played England in the pool game. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just feel like she just struggles a little bit, but I, there's a bit for me in that attacking circle, like Pokita looked absolutely terrific for the whole, whole yep. tournament. She's man, whatever team gets her, I assume it's still the Thunderbirds. We haven't actually got confirmation of what she's doing next, but um, it, it's, it's a good conf- get. No, I thought the Thunderbirds confirmed that. I don't think they did. I just remember it was in the West advertiser or something. Like oh, that. okay. that's where I posted it on Facebook. Yes. Um, but this was a really well-rounded game from from both teams. I actually, honestly, I think I tipped South Africa, sorry, Australia to win by seven or something like that. So a two-point win for Australia, I don't know, for me... And it got dicey. It, it was a little nervy. Bit. Yeah, I feel like, for me, when I watch this game, obviously, you know, hindsight now and Australia's loss in the grand final... Um, I feel like this is the kind of game that Australia needed to basically just be like, oh, okay, this is this is what it's like to we hold. We need to get serious. Yeah, but it's not even that, but it's just like, this is what it's like to hold on. Do you know what I mean? Whereas like South Africa were coming back with force. Pretorius and Mawini had 
terrific games. Pretorius won player of the tournament. Rightly so. She's literally the best defender in the world at the moment. I think um, LA, and I think we spoke about this um, after we recapped the, the last pool games or whatever, how basically Australia ran sort of what they would consider their starting lineup against New Zealand. Yep. Um, and, you know, a lot of people played a lot of time. Um, which we'll talk about how that affected the final yeah, later. Sure. Um, but yeah, with this game, they really tried to get, you know, Thwaites and Tippett and everyone into sort of game shape. Yeah, I was going to say it's sort of match fit. Yeah, because going fit, from but... Barbados to, you know, New Zealand in the final, it's kind of... It's a leap. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, I, and I honestly think they did think they were going to play England in the final. Yeah, I actually feel like that was time. the expectation. Yeah. Um, I, and I, I mean, I, my tip before it all was that New Zealand would... F- I feel like New Zealand were still trying to find themselves and they probably just wouldn't be able to get over the edge. Yeah. Um, I was very wrong, obviously, but I feel like the expectation from probably scouting in the Diamonds camp, and this is all assumptions and, you know, this is all just what we think, um, is that Australia were considering the fact that they were going to be playing England in the final. Um, so... Yeah, I don't know. For for me, like this particular game was very, very entertaining to watch, but it was a bit frustrating watching the Diamonds kind of throw it away a little bit in the third quarter, definitely, um, and even the fourth as well. You know, just I mean, yeah. South Africa played well. Um, Pretorius with some outrageous, she's insane stuff, unbelievable. Um, but yeah, I I found this somewhat troubling, but I didn't I didn't know if like Norma was just like working it out with England where maybe she was... Because um, we'll talk about Nolene and how she played Australia in the next yeah um, bit. But, um, yeah, I think, you know, potentially she, in that pool match, she kind of was maybe resting a bit for the semis. Because yeah. she did talk about a lot after the game. Like, look, we've got semifinals. That's what we're focusing on now. Yeah. 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 So, And they really just came out of the blocks and were like, yeah, we're here to play. Yeah, which is... Uh, yeah, and I don't think... Australia was sort of prepared for that. I don't no. think... I, I, I don't know. I feel like it's still kind of hard to scout South Africa. But the thing is, is like Marwini and Pretorius are so dynamic on the defensive end that it really is hard to to get them unless you just basically just try Unless the ref them. is taking both of them out of a game. Well, there you go. Well, that's exactly right. Yeah. It, you know, you, you, you say that as like kind of a joke, but it's kind of true. Because it is they absolutely get taken, true. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. they got taken out of the game last. Um, anything else for that one? Uh, no. I know it was very brief because we figured we're going to be deep yeah. into the other games. But, um, and then we've obviously we've got New Zealand beating England to go into the uh, grand final, 47-45. to 45. What a terrific game this one was. Too. Yes. Oh, boy. Um, I didn't quite... One thing I didn't quite understand, and um, uh, yeah, I was talking to some ex-Australian players on Instagram about it, <laughs> weirdly enough, who I was messaging. Um I didn't quite understand Guthrie kind of flopping around, um, yeah. trying to get the contact calls on Langman. I, you know, we discussed that I think in the pool matches about her getting the flopping um, calls with Berger. Yeah, um, yeah, there was, mm, and yeah. right the way through the competition, I feel like England, you know, every every team has a you know sort of a home ground advantage where you know, the umps aren't going to call as much as they normally would. Um, You can technically say, um, you know, they're going to have a home ground advantage. Um, And I think they really had that. And then they sort of hit New Zealand and it's like, 
every player that's on New Zealand is well respected. You've got Laura Langman, who's probably the best center in the world. You are not going to get easy contacts. Yeah. Like, it's just not going to happen. Langman worked Guthrie, I think, in this. I think Guthrie also did a pretty good job of defending her as yeah, well. Yeah, absolutely. That was a really fun battle to watch on the court for the most part. I feel like there was a couple of moments where both of them were sort of trailing each other on the circle and... Um, mm there's that really physical sort of late touch that both of them have. Like, yeah. Langman's guilty of it too. Oh, absolutely. Um, but so is Guthrie. And it was really interesting sort of seeing them have the, the give and go um, at that. I would say that my... This is... I, For me, I when at the end of the game, the player of the match was Maria Falau. And I think Maria Falau had a great game, but I feel like no. Ekinazio should have been. Absolutely. She iced that game, something fierce, in the last about two minutes. Mm. And, and she was injured. And she was, yeah. When yeah she was hit. like strapped like yep. to the nines. So I think watching her in those last few, few moments, she kept it so cool and so patient. And I think that's kind of the embodiment of the, the Ferns was the whole tournament was being patient. If you look, um, Netball Scoop did really good recaps, um, both written and podcast for each day. And mm. if you go to the match report, I think for the semifinals, there's this photo of uh, Ekinazio basically like with her like sort of skirt up and the dude's like just got like plaster like elastoplastus like around her like hip yeah. upper leg it was crazy yeah, yeah. and you yeah. just like ugh, and you just iced the game like she was just ridiculous yeah. and that high release oh man I just oh, man and this is the thing this is what so, was so effective for the Ferns is when they got into that rhythm with both Falau and Ekinazio it was impossible to defend because both of the both the teams Australia and um, England as well uh, had their defenders splitting. They were never being like, "Oh, we can literally let Ekinazio shoot." It was yeah. like, if we let her shoot, she's probably going to get it. And if she doesn't, Falau's going to be there to try and get a rebound. So, I don't know. I feel like for me, like my player of the match for this particular game was Ekinazio for sure because she just iced the game like three times. I think I thought Jane Watson was good too. Yeah, Watson was crazy good. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, I I think England because they got out to I think was it a five zip start. Yeah. And I think a lot of the defense um, from Watson, um, that set the tone so early. Oh, it did. And, and the just like straight up turnover ball, I think Cowsby and Harton were a bit like, would like they were looking for calls. They're like, what's going on? Like they did, were just in shell shocked that they weren't getting, yeah, you know, like crazy calls. And it's because, New Zealand, to be fair, um, they do not defend like Australia. They are very clean um, in their penalties. Yep. Like they very rarely yeah. rack up a lot of penalties. No, in, well, that's, in yeah. comparison to Australia, well, I mean, it's exemplified in the grand final. Yeah, absolutely. Well. But even like if you go back to 2015 World Cup, there was like 20, 30 penalty difference between yeah. Australia yeah. and New Zealand. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. it's always, it's sort of always been the case. In yeah. like sort of the case. Um, and yeah, and I think they really struggled with the style, to be honest. And when you think about it, um, like obviously we have to completely ignore the ferns that went to the 2018 Commonwealth Games because that was just cray cray. Um, that similar sort of lineup, though. I just think in terms of the culture, culture yeah, I think the culture, and they're not scouting months. their own players. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, I think um, they were just not used to that style and I think yeah it it completely threw them I, I still think um, 
I feel really bad for England because I feel like this was their fairy tale moment. Australia yeah, had it getting in the 15. Double, for sure. Um, this could have been their first World Cup. Um, there's a lot of players that are not going to be in the next cycle. And Tracy Neville's last game as well. My bad about Gus Goth. She's actually 28. I'm pretty sure. Not, oh, okay. No, not early 30s, which I, I branded her with last podcast. Um, oh God, I feel so like even worse because she's a fucking doctor and I'm not. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so she should be hopefully at the next World Cup. Yeah. Um, yeah. Fingers crossed because she's she's still got it. Like yeah. she's, she's still, an, like I said at the start of the show, like I said it jokingly, but also I actually do think she's a really key point to that defensive line for England. Yeah. She's not there. Asoro Brown, you know, she's fine, but she's not Gusketh. And I feel like Jeeva Mentor and Gusketh, the run that they had at the Com games kind of solidified how th- that potential. And I think Brown's kind of in the twilight yeah. of her career, I think maybe. It's her lot that. World Cup was her last game. I think it was noted on the broadcast. Like, not yeah. her last game, but last World Cup, obviously. Yeah, so. yeah. Um, um, and, and I mean, I think she did okay with Mentor, but um, yeah, I... Um, yeah. Um, anything else? Um, because we're going to continue to talk about England. No, I think that's good. Yeah. All right. So we're going to move on to the bronze medal game, which was England defeating South Africa 58-42. to um, This was kind of just like... Yeah. England sort of going hard. I think South Africa. The, the I, th- I think the heartbreak you have for them is they got so close. Like, can you imagine if they got rid of Australia and Australia was playing for bronze against England? Like, yeah. I mean, I don't know. It's tough because you look at like Holthausen's stat line. She's like twelve from twenty, sixty percent. Like that's just yeah. But I, I think it's hard. I think it's hard to come out for those bronze medal games when you were so close. Um, like England, it's a home World Cup. Um, they're kind of a powerhouse. They could um, sort of work it out. They can, you know, they can sort of band together and and get serious and finish it off. Yeah. Um, whereas I think South Africa, it's like, uh, we were so close. Yeah, I feel like... <sighs> That has to play on you mentally because like... Yeah, absolutely. That sort of mental game going for bronze. And, you know, I'm not going to I'm not gonna sit here and be like, oh, bronze, uh, because like getting a medal is getting a medal. <laughs> so that's huge. But uh, yeah, it has to be deflating. Going into that game thinking like they were two points from potentially getting into a grand final. I don't know. It says a lot. I feel like defensively, Pretorius and Mawini did like such a terrific job. I feel like Mawini was... A, <sighs> Taken out of it a little bit. I don't know if it was just t- taken out of it less for the umpires, but Harton and Howes were playing a really, really, really good game. Um, that was the kind of game that I expected from them for the most part um, when it came to playing New Zealand. And I feel like the frustrations in New- in the New Zealand game were a little bit more obvious compared to here where they felt really comfortable playing their, their sort of Well, I think the game. pressure was off, to be honest as yeah, well. Once true. Th- once they had that loss with New Zealand, I feel like obviously they were devastated. That yeah. sort of footage of Harton down on her knees, like on the floor, yeah. like just after That's the whistle tough. blew, like knowing potentially this is your you know last World Cup. Yeah. Um, obviously Mentor and some of the other players is their last World Cup. Um, and and I think also the way she went about that game and all that, um, I think for them, pressure's off. They come into the bronze medal game and it's like, okay, amazing. And that's the funny thing about bronze. Um, 
I mean, I've seen this so many times with the Opals when I've watched Opals basketball where (laughs) they've lost to America, um, you know, by 10 or 12 points um, and they're just absolutely gutted like Lauren Jackson had, you know, nearly two decades of that Um, and she's absolutely devastated and it's like, dude, you won a silver medal. (laughs) There's nothing wrong with second. Bronze are like over the moon because they won to get bronze. Yeah, Um, because you got the medal. That's it. But also, you get the win, and then you get a medal. Yeah. Like, whereas silver, you lose, and then they give you a medal, and you're, like, crying because it's, like, you only just played about 15 minutes ago. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I think that aspect, it, it becomes... it Bronze, I, I I don't know. I've heard some Olympians say they would prefer bronze than in, in these situations. Yeah, I was going to say, I feel silver. like it's something that I've heard of before as well. Like they've mentioned yeah. the fact that just... Winning for a medal. The weight of expectation is probably less so there now that you've gotten bronze for it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Where it's just like you were so close to getting the gold. Yeah, it's kind of like a consolation prize getting second. Again, not discounting getting second because no. you got second. But Exactly, yeah. and you lost by one point. Um, In terms of the future for both of these teams, because... Both of these teams kind of went through a similar sort of end. Um, probably a little bit disappointed in how their campaigns ended at the World Cup. Both coaches on the way out. Tracy Neville's sabbatical for, for familiar reasons and Noel Plummer's retiring from international netball. What, what, do you, what do you think the trajectory is for both of these teams? Because I'm a little... Worried about England? Well, I'm, I don't know. I've, I'm kind of worried for both, to be honest, because I no, don't know. I don't, I don't think so. I feel like... For me, Plummer is such a strong coach, and having that sort of backbone, I, I just, I'm very curious about Nicole Cusack, of, though. That is true. Yeah, yeah I don't. Uh, my understanding is she would. I, I would think she's taking over as head coach. Yeah, there's a lot of experience there. Like, I don't think Norma is going to leave it to nobody. I was going to say, I feel like, I feel very much. My concern is mainly just because, yeah, like Holthausen. I mean, she can only get better, really. But mm. I think the defensive lineup of Moini and Pretorius is what you're going to build around more than anything. And Pogito, too. But yeah, it just depends on the kind of program that Plum is leaving behind. Look, I think she's she's Plum is onto it um, with what she was trying to teach um, South African netball to do, and mm. that is to push their players out, go play in the Vitality League. Go show up for these teams and go, please sign me. Yeah. Um, because day in, day out, you're getting that conditioning, you get you're getting the reps, you're getting that turnover um, that Australia, New Zealand, and England have had for many years. Yeah. And they get around the clock because netball, it's not just an in season game, it's now out of season. So you've yeah. got quad series, you've got. Podgita's uh, playing in two different leagues this yeah, year. Exactly. And yeah. World Series stuff. Yeah. So And Podgita's proved her medal as well, considering she's come across from ANZ to. Suncorp and she's done an incredible job with the Firebirds considering mm. how short of a brief run that she had and she, Absolutely. she will have it until going out into the end of the season so yeah I, I'm i probably more concerned for England yeah. I understand they have the Vitality League and that's definitely kicked up a few notches like we've seen a lot of players come from there yeah. um, and do quite well in SSN like Peace Proscovia um, I think the first two weeks was a bit adjusting and that sort of thing yeah. but she really the pace of flourished. the game. I think Nolly was like the pace of the game is so much more different. So yeah, because remember the first game she ran Conan first. She did, and what had Peace watch on the sidelines and go, "This is how it all works." Yeah, and then Peace comes on, looks a little bit rusty, but then she fits in perfectly. Yeah. So um, um yeah. yeah, I think 
Yeah, I don't I don't know how England with such a huge group of superstars is going to sort of keep up consistently with their past performances. I think there's an expectation yeah. now that they can't really much like the Diamonds. Like there's this expectation that they should get gold every time. Yeah, well I mean they won the Com games. Like that 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 is yeah. set, that's kind of to me as a fan that kind of sets a precedent is that they're they're capable of winning the gold at the Commonwealth Games. They're mm-hmm. capable of winning the gold at the World Cup, so Yes. And and I think for them to live up to that with what will now be I think I worked out you're looking at roughly about six players that are gonna retire out of Yes. Out of the group of twelve that just had the World Cup. Um that sorry, that will not be at the next World Cup. Will be retired by the next World Cup. Yeah. Um that's massive. Like losing mentor, like boom. Like that's. I mean, that's a huge cut. You're assuming that they're retiring, though, right? Because mentor hasn't announced any plans yet, and you've got players like Leonard Debrain. You've got Casey Kapoor as yeah, well. Pl- who are playing. Abs- absolutely. I mean, realistically, the average lifespan of an Epilogue is not going to go over 35. But some so, of these yeah. players can. They can. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And you know, mentors fit enough. Um, she's certainly shown, having won the last two, um, that she's capable. Yeah, I just yeah. don't know if these players are going to want to. I feel like, it, for me, if I'm England, I'd be like, we're going to select you, but you want you probably won't get on the court, but you're going to be a mentor. Like, uh, God, it was too easy. Um, <laughs> you, you're going you're gonna to be part of that vet, sort of veteran leadership. So, Northern Stars brought over Liana Debrain this season, and she's basically brought them into a final, into the grand final, which I thought was sort of an incredible story. But I think her leadership and her experience was so incredibly valued by that team yeah. um, that I feel like England could potentially emulate that moving forward. Whether she plays the next World Cup, I don't know because you know. Look, yeah. I think it's kind of. I believe it's kind of going to be vital for some of these players um, to go back to the Vitality League, yeah, sure. which Guthrie has done. <clears throat> mm. Um, and sort of show, okay, guys, this is what we have to do day in, day out to become a great team. Um, and it's how that's nurtured and those pathways moving forward. Um, what about coaching? I think we discussed this a few weeks ago that yeah. the, the coaching tree would... There were rumours that it was Dan Ryan, but I from everything... Tamsin Green, Greenway, I would think, <laughs> or Tanya Opst. Well, Ta- Tanya Opst, I think, was my next choice. The, the I, I problem... imagine England would probably be offering her that and it would be more up to her whether she wanted to do it. But the problem she's going to have is she's already signed on for the Thunderbirds. I don't, I don't necessarily think that she can do the Thunderbirds and be England coach. Yeah, but you're... I mean, it's, it's tough because Nolan Turo is doing the same thing, so... Oh, I agree with that, but that's a three-hour flight. It's not a... It's not a... Yeah, you're not flying... 17-hour trip. Yeah, and it, it's really tough because in terms of what Tracy Neville's instilled in the Roses, I think she's done a, a ter- an incredible job. She's won mm. them the gold, she's gotten them far, and she's progressed those players so beautifully. I think, realistically, if I'm... The selectors, I'd probably be like, we need to probably see what Tanya Ops wants to do. And if she's interested, then perhaps elevate her to that role, give her a sort of temporary contract and be like, let's see how you perform or how the team performs under that. Yeah. That's whether she wants to do it though. I think it'll be difficult because I feel like Tanya, um, I think England Netball would say to her, you basically have to rip up your contract with Thunderbirds. (sighs) That shouldn't be a thing. This, like, I know that whole... shouldn't be a thing, but I, I, it's not, it's not possible. SSN, no, it's not sustainable. SSN, like even uh, Nolene is having problems where she's basically having a skeleton staff while she's over doing World Cup stuff, 
her assistant coaches are running this and that. It it makes it very dependent on who your assistants are. And I also think it's relying on the system too. Uh, yeah. And it's tough because it's Tanya's first year. So I would imagine that it's really hard to gauge what kind of system she has in place. Whereas Nolene has proven over the last couple of years that she is one of the greatest coaches in the history of the sport. But also just the fact that she's able to transfer her system across the Tasman. She's come over from the Southern Steel and from... Um, the Bay of Plenty Magic, and then she's instilled similar systems over the Lightning. So, I, yeah, look, I honestly think Nolene's on a different level to everyone else. Yeah, she's she's god mode at the moment. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like she just it's crazy. Well, we, that's a good segue. Into yeah, it is the final. to the final, which was uh, hang on, what was the score? Should, my iPad's not um, open. <laughs> it was a fifty-one to. 50. No, it was fifty-two to fifty-one, wasn't it? Yeah, I think so. You might want to go back. No, it's all good. It's all good. That was 52 to 51 to New Zealand. Yeah. There we go. So, New Zealand taking <laughs> home the gold over Australia. Um, there's a lot to unpack here, uh, considering Australia was down by eight points. Um, yes, but they also were up by three or four in the first quarter. Yeah. And had a lot of turnover ball that was completely joinxed in the midcourt. <laughs> there was a lot of ball that, like, I remember there was one... Um, Bruce passed to Jamie Lee Price. She was running backwards. She wasn't running onto the ball. Um, Bruce just let it go and it went straight into the hands, I think, of Langman. Yeah. I'm not sure. Yeah. There's a lot of... We got a lot of turnover ball and then we threw a lot away. Yeah. Let, let's start with the diamonds, I think. Because okay, yeah. I think, you know, the there's an expectation that we were to get gold. It's This is, I think, Liz Ellis mentioned on the post game broadcast that it's the first time that Australia's not won gold in the Com Games and the World Cup in, you know, that sort of a success, long time, successive yeah. sort of years. Um, I, I do agree that they they probably do need to review potential staffing and selections. Um, you know, this is something that's been discussed at length for the last 24 hours. Um, you know, we've been part of the conversation as well online and, you know, this I think there's been some sort of... Un, there, there has been some unnecessary... Um, Criticism thrown at some of the players, um, but I think criticism should be spread across most of the diamonds for the most part. I feel like I, the only diamond that really stood out to me was Liz Watson. Liz Watson was excellent, considering yeah. she had Langman on her. I thought she yeah. was outstanding. Um, it's it's really tough because... And can I just add as well? Yeah, Sorry. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, she's playing center. She plays wing attack for the Vixens. For the Vixens. Like, she's even out of position. It's, it's really tough because... I feel like there's a couple of defining moments in this game for me, and it's I think the biggest one that always sticks with me the more I think about it is Seabass giving away contacts in the post. There was one, I think, later in the game where it was pretty clear that she did bump uh, Kapoor in the back, and it was pretty blatant, and she got called for it. I'm like, you can't. You, you can't. That's a discipline thing. That's, like, that's yeah. a rookie area that you've just done. Um, what about when the time was yep, same expiring? Thing. Same she thing. had the ball. She could have just shot it. Really, it felt really uncharacteristic. She just bounced the ball down. It was genuinely frustrating to see that, and especially coming from the captain of the Diamonds, I feel like watching that from the side, if I'm part of the Diamonds team, I'd be like, man, she... I don't know. I would. I feel like that would feed into my psyche a little bit, that she's frustrated, now I'm frustrated. And I think that just... It kind of collapsed. To the Diamonds' credit, though, they did come back, and they played a really solid game. New Zealand really did kind of slow down pretty hard. Like, they had the eight-point lead, and then... The Diamonds just kind of clawed it back. There was some well, really they brought Branley on. Yeah, Branley um, at wing defense was a... 
11 yeah. centimetre difference. Uh, well, yeah. Honestly, the, the like Crampton, Crampton was playing well. Yeah. I thought, I, I felt like, um, and look, I'm more than aware of, you know, the JLP issues and the fact that she was selected for this team over Gabby Simpson, which was a huge call. Um, I personally feel like if I was in LA's shoes, I would have said to Gabby Simpson, okay, we're letting you run. You're going to be our specialist wing D. Jamie Lee Price, you literally this close. Um, then you say to Gabby, okay, we're running Price for the quad series and the Constellation Cup and she's going to play big minutes. Um, and she's probably going to start for the next World Cup. Yeah. You, I, I, I genuinely actually feel bad for Jamie Lee Price because I feel like Cramden played amazing, but there was a lot of pressure on her in that role. Yeah. And I don't think LA made the switch soon enough. Yeah. She, I think she had about 10 penalties um, and it was just, she was just constantly getting called out of play. Yeah. Crampton, um, Crampton played out of her skin. To, yeah. Like, she outran her. Yeah. Yeah. She um, couldn't keep up with her. Yeah. It's, and it's tough because like I, you know, we say, I feel like, you know, broken records like we always are on the show, but uh, you know, we, we've been critical of JLP and her play style and I think there has been some criticism level at her in, in this particular series, uh, the tournament as a whole. Um, she's still young, and this is a oh, thing. she's so young, this and is- and I almost feel bad for her in this in this instance because LA has dropped her into this team, you know, over and above, you know, as much as you can say, oh, Gabby Simpson wasn't fit. Um, I'm sorry, she played an amazing game before selection, yeah, and she played a full game and she played out of her skin. You easily could have picked Simo. And taken her to the World Cup. Yeah. And my my problem is it was clear to me, and Liz, Liz Ellis brought this up, combinations, especially in the sort of mid-court defensive end, they weren't familiar. They weren't sticking. Bruce was throwing the ball away because Jamie Lee Price wasn't moving a certain way and Jamie Lee Price was turning the ball over because someone else wasn't moving the right way. There was no cohesion. There was no chemistry. Yeah. Because they hadn't played enough together, because they're middle of a SSN season. I, uh, yeah, and I there was that was one thing I wanted to discuss maybe a, a little bit later in terms of just how <laughs> Sorry. the SSN have structured. No, no, no. It's it's a good thing to bring up, but how the SSN have structured the season as a whole compared, to knowing that the World Cup's on the horizon. Yeah. Um. In saying that, this is a very, honestly, very inexperienced diamond side compared to an incredibly well-run New Zealand side. A New Zealand side that came fourth at the Com Games last year, mind you. And obviously yeah. the culture shift has been so significant and the coaching shift has been so significant that the veterans and the newbies have have bought into that system. And I think Lisa Alexander probably may, maybe hasn't had enough time with the young'uns to really blood them in. I don't know whether her time will continue over the course. It remains to be seen whether she's going to be continued to coach. I, I honestly, I can't see them firing I, her. I don't think so either, but uh, I think there's a couple of really mo- big moments for the young players, like Clow, JLP, are the big ones for me. Like Clow came on, she's like four minutes in, she got a caution for, <laughs> for biting back. That the, was so ridiculous. Well, the thing is, look, you can't, you can't talk shit to a ref. Like, I'm sorry, but if you're going to talk shit, the arm has, is well within the rights to be like, shut up. So if Cloud's going to do that, then she's going to get, and she's going to get called for it. She's going to get called for it. Yeah. To me, that's just an, a lack of experience. She's getting schooled by more experienced players. And I think when I'm, I'm, I'm seeing that, I've, I'm like, look, you can't, you can't just be quiet. 
just deal with the court. I just wish Australia and New Zealand would sign some sort of treaty so we could have an Australian ref and a New Zealand ref. Well, I mean, that's... Refing. It's so... Ridi- no, like, honestly, no, no, no. it is I think ridiculous. That's a, I, think it's a, I think that's an interesting point. Something they that don't know about. these players. They're refing these players once every four years. They don't... Like, we... For that... If it's Australia and New Zealand in that gold medal game, it should be the people that are in SSN or the people that are in ANZ that Premiership um, yeah, that umpire, yeah. umpire them regularly and they know what they're doing. Like, he doesn't know Clow. Like, Clow was the last person to be like... I I, don't, I wouldn't think she's ever had a caution in SSN. Uh, I think she might have. Well, I yeah, wouldn't... I wouldn't Like, Bruce, if he was cautioning Bruce, I'd be like, yep. Yeah. Like, that's how she plays. Um, Clow, not so much. It, it was bizarre because yeah. you come out for a final. This is your first World Cup. And you've got an ump in your ear going, caution, caution. Like, yeah, yeah. it's it's silly. Yeah. I think... And there was there was one moment, I think, that I remember as well with Bruce where she was calling for whether the ball was dropped out and it was just kind of like... She was just killing time. And I don't know if it was deliberate, but... Oh, like, it was silly. You don't need yeah. to argue that umps... Like, and I think... Uh, Sue made the point on the broadcast. It's like you don't, you can't. Like the ump's not going to be like, yeah, you're right. Actually, I'm going to just reverse that call. It never unless happens. you're Maria Flow. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Whatever. But that's the thing. It's just like you don't need to waste time. Play the ball. Get back on defense and just lock in. That's all it needs to be instead yeah. of arguing the ball. And I think Bruce looked a little bit. You know, we were. T- I've been singing her praises over the course of the tournament. I think both of us have, to be honest. Yeah. And I think this game, she fell short. She's taken off the court because just. She was either one. I think she was a bit frustrated, I, but she just. I don't really know wasn't doing if. Much. Well, it's complicated because I don't know if that was actually their game plan, because she was kind of sagging back. Uh, Maria was basically just all over um, the court, and she was sagging back and saying, "Well, okay, you want to get that ball? That's fine." And when I'm keeping, I do that all the time. I'm yeah. like, "Girl, if Go you want to run out of the circle." You go get it because I'm going to pick you up as soon as you yeah. try and get back in, and I'm not going to let you back yeah. in. You and you're going to have cut. to yeah. shoot. You're going to have to shoot from like a mile away. Mm. Um, and she didn't pick it back up. Yeah, it was super confusing. Um, I, yeah, I don't know. The, the other thing you kind of have to factor in is these ladies have played a lot of games. Like, yeah, the, like those legs. Yeah. They've had a lot of game in those legs. So, I don't know whether that was maybe a factor um, that yeah. she had played too much time previously. Perhaps. Um, How would you feel if Thwaites got a run instead of Seabass? Yeah. Look, um, I, I, I think when you're down by eight and the first thing I did is I went back to 2015 and I went, okay... What did Australia do when we played New Zealand in the pool rounds? We threw everyone on. Well, I wouldn't say everyone. Not everyone went in. Bell came on. Yeah. So Bell. I do, yeah, I do remember. Yep, yeah, yeah. Bell came on. Hadley came on. Um, Leighton and Corletto were swapping. Um, Ingalls was swapping with Corletto. There's a lot of players that were swapping and trying out. There's a lot of changes, and it was all about learning. And getting as as many core players that could potentially play the final against New Zealand to play against New Zealand, and that's exactly what Nolene did. She through when the kitchen we, sink. yeah through the kitchen sink, even to the point where <laughs> poor Bailey Mez was doing great against Courtney Bruce, and she's like, "Nah, get off." Yeah, yeah Ignacio, that's right, that's come right, on. Yeah. Um, and then when she had the final, she's like, "Yep, this is who I want to play it." Boom. 
Yeah. And she didn't she didn't do anything. <sighs> yeah. And I and know. I think LA as soon as she made those changes, um I don't feel like those players were confident. I don't feel like Gretel Tippett was confident to come on um against Kapua. I uh, <sighs> New Zealand defensively though. I know. Jesus Christ. Like, Kapoor and Watson, they they turned it to 11. They're, like, Kapoor had an unbelievable game. She played like a veteran. She yep. she had a couple of moments where she really did sell her Watson contacts. was amazing. Watson was incredible as well. We I've always said... Those uh, early... She got two early um, intercepts yeah, in, like, yeah. the first quarter that kept them. Because yeah. I think they were down, like, 6-3 or something. Mm. And she got two vital intercepts that quarter Which that basically the floated like that. them because then Maria decided she was going to sink shots again. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, it's true, but she, Maria did, didn't really She had eight rhythm. turnovers. Yeah. 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 I, 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 w- I actually think she had quite a horror game. Yeah. I think Ekinazio absolutely had an excellent well, she game. She did. She shot 92%. Like, Falao shot 80. She shot 28 from 35. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and eight turnovers. <laughs> yeah, like it's not great. But I think, you know, we, we've spoken about when we were watching Southern Steel back when Watson was starting defending them and she struggled so much with height. Like that was the, the one yep. thing whenever the Steel played the Firebirds. She's been doing a CrossFit jumping. But she ha- but it was, you know, but she's got, uh, she's got a jump on her. And I think also having Kapoor behind her oh, yep. defensively and that sort of experience is just... And they were swapping oh, right. brilliantly. Yeah. Um, I really felt like they swapped well because um, Kapua basically could easily slide across to Seabass and then the height difference is... Yeah. Like, and, and I think both of them huge. played that circle very well. I think Steph Wood really struggled. She shot like one from one in the first quarter or something. I See, this is interesting because they're going on about how Steph Wood struggled. I actually thought she was good. I was confused as to why they pulled her off and they bought Tippett on. I understand why, because they wanted easy access on the attack end yeah. and they wanted to use the height. But Kapua kind of ruined that because she's just as tall. So Gretel couldn't just have that easy ball. Yeah. Um, it's really tough because there's a few moments that I can recall. And I, sorry, and I, it sounds like I'm bashing Seabass. Seabass, I promise you I'm not. <laughs> These are just the things that I've noticed the most when I was watching yeah. the games. But there was a there was a moment towards the end where she refed the ball to Kelsey Brown instead of just shooting the ball. And I saw that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I know um, the time you're thinking. Yeah, and I think Crampton got her hands. To, oh, no, so it was, it was um, uh, Rory. Rory got yeah. her hands to it again. Who played out of her skin? Holy and crap. can I just say she didn't have that outside arm. She had inside arm, inside arm. when she did it. Yeah, and I was like, Ugh. yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> but they, but then Watson collected the. Gain the it ball wasn't then, a contact took it. though. No, it wasn't. It was no. fine. But it was one of those things where it's like at that moment, it's like Seabass. You, you've got Tippett there to like to go in for a rebound or to look to at least yep. attempt to box out. You need to shoot the ball, and but, it's still a distance that she can shoot perfectly. But I, I think that comes back to combinations again. Yeah, like yeah. I personally believe that when you break down, I think New Zealand has amazing chemistry. They have amazing culture, and I think there has been for some time now a lack of chemistry culture in the Diamonds. And I think that's why people... Look, they lost by one, but you're talking... But what you're also talking about is... Like, this is a game where we... Like, I think Australia had like 26 turnovers or something. Yeah, That is not normal for a Diamonds group. Like, that, that is not what is expected. Like, that's not the level that you know, they should expect themselves to play out. Yeah. That is a lot. Um, and New Zealand, I think, 
they definitely had um, a lot of time together before the tournament. Um, they were cohesive. Um, I think they've got their pathways nailed and I think they're fit as hell. Yeah, yeah. And that was the thing that was the main thing that came out of the review was that they weren't fit. They were scouting their own players. It was just, again, a, cult- was a, a culture yeah. that was just awful. Toxic. And the reason that they they came forth at the Com Games. And yeah. The, whole, the fallout of that and basically abolishing the the SSN and, it, and and I have to say if Australia played England so if we had lost um that pool match against New Zealand I'm not sure that they would have beaten England yeah I mean I could I could potentially see England again with the experience um winning over Australia again I think it would be a small margin just like this game is but I I think just when it comes down to it I feel like experience it just it it's just not there. And JLP, I don't think she should be a scapegoat for this. I think there's, no. there's a multitude of scapegoats. And, and I are... don't and I don't think I really hope Megan Anderson and Claire McMinniman, McMinniman are not I scapegoats think, either. I don't think they should be. I think both Well, of that's them... basically what they did with the Com games. They were like, see your assistance, Rosalie, see ya, bye. Well, didn't Rosie just be like, No, fuck this, I'm out? She just pushed eject. <sighs> I thought she pushed eject, she was like, I'm out bye. I, I don't know, but anyway, I, yeah, yeah sure. that's, yeah. I don't think that's going to happen. I feel like... I hope not. I feel like if I'm if I'm Nepal Australian and I'm reviewing this, I'd be like, cohesion is required, chemistry is required. Clement Miniman and Megan Anderson have been really good assistant coach additions. Um, I would... We, we've been pretty critical of Lisa Alexander on the show, and I feel like after this, I kind of want to see her, see how she coaches... Quad and Constellation Cup, and then after that, it's probably time for like a full on. If if those campaigns don't go very well, like but, I but think this it's is, one of those but things. But this where is what I find interesting: is everyone is going, you know, oh, it's only one goal, it's only one goal. It's so much more than just one goal in my mind. Like this has been a slow, sort of a slow burn for some time. Um, yeah, I think you know Constellation Cup. Um, we had those like two games against New Zealand where we played well and then New Zealand demolished us. And like we're winning those like quad series and constellation cups yeah. on like point reback, like go backs. Like it's that's not the point. Like yeah. that's not that's not diamond worthy, if that makes sense. Like yeah. we should be winning these tournaments. Um if we want to do well at World Cup, yeah, I feel like even yeah, the, the the whole point of those tournaments really is, you know, obviously to get the hardware and all that sort of stuff. But again, to prepare you for the big stages when it comes to the World Cup and all that sort of stuff. So, I don't know. It's really tough. I, I, I don't know what to take from this. I think for me, at the end of the day, these these girls need a fucking break but they're not because most of them come back to play this weekend which is just ridiculous which is absolutely absurd which is obviously Nepal Australia uh, sorry the SSN have allowed the expansion of uh, benches so they can incorporate players if need players need rest so, which is good but again these players probably need a break I think another extra week off would probably do them great but you know that's but then also you're halfway through an SSN season can which, you afford to not play for your team yeah like you look at the Vixens can they afford to look not at have the Luke Watson can you yeah. afford to not have like Courtney Bruce Danielle yeah. Fowler like seriously like it's it's so tough and again this leads back to what we sort of kind of discussed earlier on the show what were SSN thinking breaking the season into two I, I just for me especially with the amount of international players that are in the league but also 
local players because it's Australian League, obviously. For me, it's absurd. I think yeah. at the end of the day, if you know that the World Cup is on in July, you need to start your season early or start your season late, one of the two. And then you either shift the tournament, so you shift the Quad Series and Constellation Cup or whatever, so your players can get reps. But at the end of the day, I think splitting a season in half is absolutely absurd. I, I just I do not think it's good for player health and player well-being. Um, and it also potentially could cause some disastrous injuries or disastrous effects for teams and players moving forward. Who knows what happens this weekend? Fingers crossed, obviously. But the fact that we are literally going into a fresh round of netball this weekend and that like the majority of the Vixens players are coming back to play and back up, I assume. The majority of, of the Lightning players, like five of the Lightning players are coming back to play this weekend. Nolan Teru is coming back to play this weekend. Like, I, I can't... I, 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 I want to know what their justification is. I'd love to be able to like... If you can give me a good explainer as to why you guys have broken the season up, please tell me because I actually want to know. Not so I can be like, oh, that's bullshit. It's just, I just want to know because for me, it doesn't make too much sense. I, for me, I just don't like the fact that it's kind of it potentially jeopardizes player well-being. I just, I'm not a fan of it. You good with that? Yeah. No, I'm just letting you go. I'm just like, oh, yes. Yes. <laughs> Get okay. it. Get it, girl. Um, <laughs> um, anything else for you for this one? Um... I think I feel like we didn't really talk about much about New Zealand to be honest, because New Zealand just amazing. And not only that, I mean they're like, oh, Maria Flowers retiring, um, Kapua. Well, sorry, again, I say retirement, but what I mean is, is they're not going to be at the next World Cup. Yeah, well, yeah, Kapua is definitely she's done. Yep, yep, she's done. Um, Langman. Girl, if I was Nepal, New Zealand, I'd be like, girl, quick, how many more how many more years can yep. we get out of those yeah, legs? I know. And she would probably we'll give do you it. we'll give you three hundred K a year just to like keep going, girl. Yeah. Just go. And she will. Um But also their pathways. Like I was shocked at how great the level was when I looked at New Zealand A when they played the yeah, men's ferns yep, yep. and Fiji. Um there is a lot of excellent talent coming through. Um, Alia Dunn wasn't even in the Ferns yeah. team and she won with Ekinasio. So they've already got a partnership that they've built. There's so much that she's done uh, for that program that basically ensures that they are going to have a great team into the future. And yeah. that's really exciting. Yeah, it is. Um What's concerning for me is I feel like Knowles, Auntie Knowles, has kind of changed the way conventional coaching, it's kind of getting thrown out the window. This idea that you have... I think it's exciting. Plan A, plan B and plan C, and we're going to sit on the bench and if we'll let you know when plan A doesn't work and then we'll chuck in plan B and when that doesn't work, we'll go to plan C and then shit. Like, you can't do that anymore. She's, you know, yelling from the sidelines. She's getting up, talking to players and being like... I mean, every time out from Sunshine Coast, like, lining, you could turn that into a meme and a million people would share it. Like, it's just ridiculous. Her insight into the game, sitting down with players and going, you know, talking to them, having conversations about what they need to do, picking out the right players each quarter to have a chat to... Um, it's just, yeah. And also I think as well, vibing with the players. So 
you know, the player's like, you know, Knowles, I want to do this. And she, you know, it, it's an open dialogue. It almost feels like a flat structure. Like she is, she's essentially part of the team. Yeah, she's like a player coach. Ex- exactly. Yeah, yeah. And, and I feel like, especially with the Diamonds, I feel like, you know, some of them maybe would be like, oh, I don't want to say anything. Uh, because I mean, you, I mean, you're standing in front of Lisa Alexander, who has a storied career with the Diamonds. Like, do you want to like talk? I don't know. I feel like, it, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. Look, I, I'm not in Diamonds Huddle, so I don't know. And, um, you know, we're sort of watching this from the sidelines, absolutely. But it, it just makes me wonder because when you look at what's happening on the court, it's dysfunctional. Like that. That was not a well-oiled Diamonds performance not in the, the final. Yeah, not the, from what we've seen in the past. They lost by one, but it was not well-oiled. And and I think that gives us hope in the fact that we lost by one, but there's a lot of players that did not play anywhere near their best. Yeah. Well, again, and that just sort of speaks to the potential. I feel like the, the big thing that comes out of Tarua's coaching is... It's live? Well, it's not even live. I feel like... Faith is such a powerful thing. And I feel like most of the system mm. that she's played in and she's coached, um, you know, she's not won every single season of netball, but her players believe in what she's what she's coaching. And I think that's important. And I'm not saying that players don't believe what Rob Wright's coaching or players don't believe what Brian Akel's coaching or Tanya Ops and so on and so forth. But I feel like there's a real difference with her and there's a systematic sort of approach with how things are. And like you said, she coaches live. She's completely... She's... she's it's... It's really almost surreal watching her almost revolutionize coaching and netball in front of our eyes. Yeah. Especially over the last couple of years with the SSN and playing into the World Cup and also the, the amount of changes that she's made since. I think a good fourth. example is Courtney Bruce. Mm. Um, like in that final, um, I feel like Nolene, if she was coaching, which, yeah, if I, I think if the Diamonds had their chance again, you'd fucking snap her up. I would. Yeah. No, <laughs> I absolutely. would be like, Nepal, New Zealand don't want you. We'll give you a 10-year contract, blah, blah, blah. Um, but yeah, like Bruce coming off, I would have sat her down and said, okay, what do you think is happening? Why do you think this is happening? I think you're doing this. I think you're doing this. How do we fix this? Um, and you can have that conversation and then put them back on. And I see Nolene do that all the time. Yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, I I don't I don't know. It's, <sighs> it's crazy. difficult. There's one last thing I wanted I want to do really quickly before we wrap up because we've actually got to go and um, tape another show shortly. But I I really really want to shout out Katrina Rore. She's been through the thick and thin of the ferns over the last couple of years. Yeah. She caught so much criticism for their fourth place. Un- at the unwarranted. Games. Absolutely. We said it on the show that... Like, Ridiculous. An absurd amount of people completely piled on on her. I, interestingly enough, it's a similar sort of vibe to what JLP is getting, even though I think the difference is, is that Grant, or Roy, uh, Grant at the time, was the captain of the Ferns, and it, it just obviously didn't translate. And she caught so much criticism. And I have to give the Ferns credit... Uh, Nolene credit but also um, Katrina credit for sticking with their guns and sticking with her I think her presence on the court is really important her shift to the wing has been absolute has has been a godsend to that defensive side of um for the, for the Ferns but just it's such a wonderful story for her um 
she's such a she's such a lovely lovely player but she's such an effective player such an effective defender she got into incredible shape you see her on the court holy crap her back oh my god jesus she looks fit as hell i know it's just like to be honest though they all do they do yeah like you can clearly see um like crampton looks like mini langman yeah. like francois as well yeah um you know it's just outrageous. Yeah, it's unbelievable. But yeah, I just wanted to shout out uh, Katrina Roy. I, I have been a big fan of her for a long time, and I feel like just that she deserves the shout out because she's put it in so much. Oh, she's you stuck have with a the netball fans. crush. That's yeah, sweet. of course I do. I've got a massive crush on like pretty much everyone that's involved with netball. So um, for me, <laughs> Roy deserves a shout out because she's just been through the shit with the fans. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, that horrible cool. interview where that lady was like, "Why you <laughs> lost it for everyone?" Oh. Yeah, I'm just like, oh, <laughs> Roy's just like. Mm. Yeah, well, crying, like, yeah. horrible. Yeah, but anyway, anything else? Um, I totally had a whole list of stuff to talk about, and I don't think I've covered it, but that's okay. That's okay. That's um, I guess we need to cover our tips for this weekend. Oh, yeah, shit. I completely forgot. We were talking about the new <laughs> round as we were fucking doing it. While we look out the scores, um, as always, you can get us on facebook.com forward slash the goal circle. Um, you can also get us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Uh, if you want to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, please do. We do read them and we do see them. We do appreciate them. It's awesome to hear from you guys. Um, also, join in the chat, like I said, on the Facebook page. Um, we chat, post memes and all that sort of stuff. And also on Twitter, Luke is at BLT underscore 86. And I am at Bleakstar, B-L-E-E-K-S-T-E-R. Um, I also started a petition on change.org um, earlier today. Oh, yeah. This is we were taping this on a Tuesday afternoon. Um because there was a report from the NZ Herald saying that NZ. there is uh, no prize money for any uh, of the teams at uh, the Netball World Cup, which I think is absolutely absurd. So, yes, and it's interesting because some um, Kath Tuvatai came out and said, "Like, today, yeah. please don't feel upset because the Silver Ferns pay their players very well." But my argument against that is, yeah. So does men's cricket. Yeah. Like every so other... All other professional <laughs> sports. And But it's not just that. It's about the teams like Zimbabwe where they were struggling to get shoes to play. Like um, the benefit they could have for their... Like even if they looked at some sort of revenue split with the broadcast deal and ticket yeah. sales and they said, okay, if you come first, you get whatever well, percentage. The the Herald article also noted that um, South Africa had uh, clauses. So if they won, they would get like a massive yeah, pay. From then, spa, yeah, from Spa, yeah. If they placed medals, they would get a certain amount as well. So yeah. to, to be fair, the sponsors have... Um, but for the bigger teams, yeah, though, for, for the smaller teams... For the small teams that don't have that, obviously. It's yeah. like, no. Um, I just feel like that there should be an opportunity afforded to those. And obviously, considering that most World Cups award some form of prize money, um, I think uh, it's important that we at least... Uh, Probably, you know, not raise money for them, but at least raise awareness of the fact that this... Girl, if so. you're waiting four years to go to World Cup and you win it... You should be able to go yeah. and buy yourself something nice. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. Well, I mean, absolutely. And I you think, can be like, you know, "This is my Gucci. I won the World Cup, and I went and bought myself some Gucci thing. Yeah. I don't know." Yeah. Well, I mean, I, well, I don't know if I'd buy Gucci, but no, yeah. I wouldn't. I feel, yeah. But I don't yeah, know. I know. Um, but yeah, you know what I you mean. Know, like before the the whole World Cup, you know, a couple of our sources did tell us that there were a few things that our players had to pay for, which was pretty disappointing. So, Oh, yes. Yeah, one of Flights. Yeah, we're so, not going to mention what player was no, talking to no, us, but, but so, a player had to fly yes. 
themselves. Yes. Yeah, or they got like a they got a portion paid for. Yeah. But economy and this person is tall. Most like most netballers. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, one, our, our source was uh yeah we were told that and that was pretty upsetting. So anyway, um the yeah. prize money could also afford so they could actually fly back in proper things. Anyway, so we're <laughs> going to uh, discuss round ten of the Suncorp Super Netball. Well, actually, not discuss it, but give our tips. Um, we've got the Firebirds and the Lightning. The Firebirds. Well, it's a home game for both technically. So who you got? Firebirds for sure. Oh, lightning. <laughs> question. Uh, we've got the Fever and the Swifts. The Fever playing at home. Uh, Swifts, yeah. Yeah, I'm feeling the Swifts as well. I feel like um, I feel like they might have a bit of momentum coming in from the from the World Cup. I th- yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Sam Wallace played pretty well. Mm, yeah, absolutely. I think yeah. she did that until like, okay. And she doesn't isn't carrying that injury anymore. Yeah, I was going to so, say, yeah. yeah she that's potentially, really... she's fit and healthy. Mm. Uh, we've got the Magpies and the Giants. The Magpies playing at home. Uh, I'm going to say the Magpies Maggies, yeah. because a lot of them are rested and a lot of them, like you've got JLP, you've got Seabass, mm. you've got Harton, you've oh, got, good point. Yeah, um, I think that's it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but all of those people will be tired as hell. Yeah. Um, I might, I might run with the Giants. I feel like, um, how do you, yeah, no, I'm I don't know. I, I, I'm going to go with them. I have a, I have a little bit of faith for me. I'm going for the teams that might be a little bit disappointed with the outcomes. At, yeah, at absolutely. The World Cup, so they might have a bit of fire in the belly. Um, we've got the uh, Vixens and the Thunderbirds. Vixens playing at home. Um. Oh, that's a tough one. Yeah, I. I honestly, it is kind of tough. Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna say the Vixens. Oh god. Okay. Cool. All right. Um. Yeah, I'm gonna go with. The I Vixens do love too, the Thunderbirds though. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna minus go minus obviously Bible situations. Yes. But, um, um. Yeah. Gusketh obviously being out for the season as well, so that is going to be. Oh yes, but so. Shimo, fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Please. Fingers crossed. Give her time, Tanya. Please. <laughs> I would love to see Shimo in her Shimo ones yeah. from Modzuno. Get it out there, girl. Get some isn't it, get some wins. Isn't it Mizuno? I don't fucking know. Well, you should know that because they potentially could sponsor us. Yeah, they're not going to sponsor us. Actually, I was talking to someone about that. They're like, oh, if you cleaned up your podcast, you totally could get... Sp- no, yeah. this is not going to happen. It's probably... No, we've pissed off too many people. Anyway, <laughs> um, and also, I forgot to mention... Hey, Nepal Australia. Hey, um, also, you can email us, thegoalcircle at gmail.com. Anyway, that'll do us for this week. We're going to go and tape another episode um, that's coming to Which, you very soon. Are we releasing that Thursday? Yeah, it's probably. another player. Yeah, we'll say player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're not going to reveal anything. We never no. do. So, um, but yeah. But keep it's very eye- exciting. Yes. Uh, I'm very excited. Uh, but keep I've got nervous we. I've got to go we. Oh, I'm God. nervous. Okay, you're disgusting. All right, thank <laughs> you so much for listening, guys. We'll catch you very soon. Bye. Bye.